Well, good morning and welcome everyone to Live Dharma Sunday for August 6th, 2017. Koyo Kobose here. So very, very glad you joined us. Well, <clears throat> I was, wanted to comment today on an article. It says, <clears throat> News from Japan. Someone sent this to me. <laughs> and it says, uh, Tokyo, a monk, uh, runs a bar and loosens inhibitions and teaches Buddhism. Um, and they have some pictures. And uh, he's a Jodo Shinshu minister, actually. And he uh, runs a bar, Wowzy Bar. And tells about his life and he says that um, people let let off steam and and uh, let loose of resentments and things and it's a good time to listen to the to the teachings he says yeah. and his name the bar's name is a play on words vow in Buddhist teachings and 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 in the Japanese word of bozu which means a Buddhist monk and refers to his clean-shaven head. And so it's a vowsy bar. <laughs> Many customers are women. They come to seek advice about romance or other relationship, woes, and so forth. And um, uh, there is the idea in Mahayana Buddhism that any situation, environmental uh, setting uh, can be full of teachings. Why not a bar? <laughs> that reminds me of a, a caller once in Chicago who, um, you know, Buddhist temple and uh, said, hey, uh, you know you listed right after Buddy's Liquor? <laughs> and I know that some precepts say do not drink intoxicating, you know, spirits. Or sometimes it's interpreted as do not, you know, become intoxicated. It doesn't say never drink a drop. Okay. So there is some differences of the strictness of, you know, from complete abstinence okay. uh, and Jodo Shinshu is a pretty liberal Mahayana Japanese Mahayana uh, denomination and it never had um, a prohibition against eating meat or drinking alcohol and some ministers tongue in cheek perhaps said oh this is prajna water Prajna meaning wisdom, where um, our our uh, concrete, our too rigid, abstract, intellectual nature of viewing teachings is loosened up okay, with a little bit okay, of alcohol, and um, it, so it may stimulate. Um, 
more wisdom. But one aspect, the main one actually that I wanted to make with regard to precepts, precepts in general, um, or even uh, the Jodo Shinshu core teaching of the ego self uh, that pride is uh, one of the major stumbling blocks toward uh, enlightenment or toward um, Shinjin, which is an entrusting mind, you know, giving up calculating cleverness of you know we take pride sometimes in being clever and in smart okay and getting ahead and so forth um our self power and things like this but a funny thing happens when those kinds of teachings and precepts um uh become emphasized in a denomination or and um, uh, are not natural, are not expressed or lived naturally. But one is more, very aware of AI, yeah, to espouse a particular way way of teaching or uh, you know way of um, being Buddhist and 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 the whole ethics of proper behavior. There's a hidden pride. See, that's the thing. So, oh, I never drink alcohol, or I do this, even though they don't brag socially. Inside, they may feel kind of smug. And the same way they might, ironically, might might say, "Oh, I'm full of bonno. I'm a bombu." Okay, these are Japanese words for human defilements and. Eat. Or they even use a strong strong word of evil. So I'm full of, you know, evil meaning uh, greed, anger. And awareness of this is considered, you know, desirable. Uh, but it's sort of built in there that then you could be proud. You could be kind of proud that you're aware of your Bono, your human limitations. You know, yeah, I'm stupid. Yeah, I get mad all the time. And, you know, um, I'm a greedy guy. I, I know that. And then I know that more than you. Huh? This is a trade-off that's a very uh, insidious, subtle um, spiritual materialism. Um, or we have some experiences, we, or we, or especially if you go to retreats and and you say, oh, I got this insight, or oh, I had this great experience. It's almost like um, uh, a gem, okay? even though it's a mental gem, a, a memory okay? that we polish and we keep in a special bag in our <laughs> velvet bag in our memory. We pull it out and say, oh. Look, yeah, I had this insight at this many-day retreat that I attended. Okay, 
And how do you loosen up that kind of uh, uh, self-victimization or trap or attachment and, and pride? That is a, a very uh, stumbling block in our real spiritual practice. How to be sincere, you know. Well, enough of that. I want to call on our guest to give us a Dharma glimpse today, Paul Toyo, who was part of our LM2 group and lives in Missouri. And he told me recently that, you know, he's a retired college professor and he and his wife are going to uh, move uh, in several months to Charlottesville, Virginia and being what usually happens when you retired and you get, you want to be closer to your grandchildren and so forth. And, um, very nice that he will be moving to Charlottesville. So for today, let us hear from Paul Toyo Sensei. Yes. Good morning. This is Paul Toyo Mac from, uh, providing a Dharma glimpse from the middle of Missouri. And, um, I want to say why I agreed to write a Dharma glimpse for today. Today, uh, August 6th, marks the 72nd anniversary of the use of an atomic bomb in war and against a largely civilian population. It's estimated that over 250,000 people died in Hiroshima and another tens of thousands in Nagasaki two days later. So that's the context. The title of my Dharma glimpse is Anger, Fear, and Ignorance. Anger, fear, and ignorance. Three pernicious attitudes the Buddha invade against, which represent traps into which unmindfully we may tread. Mindfulness in every present moment requires patience and a long view. How hard to remain calm and centered, to believe and act on the notion that this affront or that insult, whether intended or accidental, has no real importance or meaning to me or my dignity. Often in the course of human events, we may fall prey to reacting excessively to perceived threats. Anger bubbles up quickly as blood pressure rises and verbal or physical retorts come to life, dredged from even the usually most mild-mannered person from the deepest recesses. Anger stems as often from our fear as from an actual event, and events have consequences both positive and negative depending on how the react on depending on the reactions to them and how we react to them can depend on what we know or what we think we know a true case of ignorance whether actual or feigned a great right can stem from looking honestly at what lies in front of us just as a great wrong can stem from overlooking what lies in front of us pretending not to see all this foregoing offers some context for consideration of two important dates, August 6th and August 8th, commemoratives of the use of atomic weapons against civilians. This Dharma glimpse does not intend to address the morality or rationale of the use of these two awesome technical devices. Rather, it hopes to demonstrate how anger, fear, and ignorance contributed to their sad and unfortunate and tragic deployment. Starting backward, yet foundationally, Ignoring mounting evidence of Japanese military and economic weakness and its national will to war, to ending the war, along with misunderstanding a translated word 
That word was mokusatsu, a word used in response to Allied demands for unconditional surrender by the Japanese government. Mokusatsu. As translated, it can mean either ignore or treat with silent contempt. If the Japanese premier had instead of saying mokusatsu had said something like, I will have a statement later, a horrible outcome might have been avoided. Murphy's Law tells us if it can be misunderstood, it will be. So ignorance played a crucial role here. Building on this erroneous foundation, fear kicked in. Estimates of 40,000 military casualties weighed on American leaders' minds. This number later inflated to one million with no foundation in fact. The terrible Battle of Okinawa in April of that year reinforced those fears. Remember that huge resources had been put into developing atomic weapons, in no small part dating to fear of Hitler's development of the same. Several different research labs were focused on quickly developing an atomic weapon. Los Alamos, Oak Ridge, Hanford, Argonne Labs in Chicago, and New York, hence the name the Manhattan Project. Not only did President Truman not know this, any of this, before he became president, neither did most of the researchers at the labs. The effort was highly secret. People just were were in compartments. They just did not know what they were doing. But once underway, like a lot of things which sort of assume a life of their own, an urgent need emerged to see if it really worked. A desert test confirmed it in July of 1945. It was called Trinity, sort of ironically, and famously Dr. Oppenheimer, who was called the father of the atomic bomb, quoting from the Bhagavad Gita, said, after seeing the results of this first test, quote, I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. Overlaying the ignorance and fear of what was happening in the Pacific War came anger revenge at the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor, that terrible December day of infamy. Much has been written about what led to that and how it could have been avoided. Much, too, has been written about what if the bombing of two Japanese cities could have been avoided. Remember, this is an essay about anger, fear, and ignorance, a terrible interlocked threesome. Sadly, ignorance, fear, and anger still abound in this discussion. If you want to address your own ignorance, read John Hersey's Hiroshima or a book of art created by survivors of the bomb in Hiroshima named, titled, uh, Unforgettable Fire. So to end, may we each understand how ignorance feeds fear, which feeds anger in our daily lives, and may we live for understanding, compassion, and peace. May it be so. Thank you very much. Um, I'm reminded how every year um, I get a donation from a Dharma friend in Chicago. Uh, He's actually the only one that does this regularly, sends a donation for a memorial memorial donation. And um, he actually um, is a woodworker. And he built a stand for our bell, our big um, kancho bell. Kancho bell means 
the calling bell. So it's it's the uh, large, uh, maybe five foot high, two over to two hundred pound traditional Japanese bell that, and, and it, he built a wooden frame um, that we we hang the bell from, and, and he, so he with his donate memorial donation for every uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki day, he says, uh, please ring the bell. Okay. And so I do. Okay. And yes, he annually does this. Um, uh, and it's nice in the sense that sometimes without that reminder, I would forget that significant date. It's easy to do. And with Paul Toyo's comments, I think it's, you know, we should not forget the role of fear and anger. And the main ignorance is not just of an event, say, but of our own, our own awareness or lack of awareness okay, of certain things. That's the greatest ignorance. Uh, not of something external, but of our own internal uh, lack of awareness. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> I think it's very interesting where this kind of event can be a springboard for uh, other, that leads to other kinds of teachings. Okay. As mentioned in the Dharma Glimpse about misinterpretation of words and language and um, also uh, look at history uh, like uh, you know Pearl Harbor is seen as a terrible sneak attack and they use that to justify other war atrocities but um, as I understand one historical report that the, the representative uh, Japanese representative in in Washington, D.C., um, they were supposed to declare war and give notice that they declared war on the United States prior to Pearl Harbor attack. So they wanted to declare war, and then, uh, so that, in other words, so it wouldn't, it wasn't meant to be a sneak attack. Okay. But because of the different language problems, uh, uh, the process took much longer with the Japanese uh, consulate consul uh, trying to put into English, <laughs> uh, trying to do a good job on that, and um, never got to do it in a timely manner. And when you think about war, you know, W A R. We are right. And you can use it as an acronym for that. The, the, you know, um, and the war hysteria. Everything is justified okay, in love and war, it is said. Okay. But you see things happen uh, in war and particularly relevant for Japanese Americans. Huh? These were Americans who were born their citizens, okay? and without any uh, due process 
are put into internment camps just because of their ethnic background. Plus, that there was never any incidents of uh, subversion or, you know, spying and things. And sometimes it is said, historians have pointed out that there was some underlying economic prejudice against Japanese Americans on the West Coast because they were such good uh, uh, farmers. uh, Their truck farming with vegetables really hurt the Caucasian farmers. And so there was resentment already and uh, made it easy to capitalize on war hysteria and have an executive order that uh, processed into the camps. Okay. And um, so all of these things are kind of could be brought to mind as a springboard for all kinds of uh, cautions and lessons learned just the terribleness of the consequences of war. Okay. And some people might say, How, what is the nature of man or well, nature of human beings? Uh, there's that evilness there, that conflict, that you know, me first and and might is right. And, and history shows this over and over again. But, you know, there are some, uh, you know, anthropologists study cultures that for hundreds and maybe over 500 years, certain cultures had enlightened leadership and there was a lot of uh, harmony and peace, too. Okay. So it depends on the, on you, what you want to look. You'll find what you want to look for in looking back on history. Okay. The frequent wars or, okay. but it was not always that way. Uh, we don't need to look at history or external events to justify a particular uh, ethical position okay, for that an individual might have. Uh, um, I think what the main point of the Dharma Glimpse and observation of memorial uh, significance of these kinds of events that result from anger, fear, and ignorance. Because those things are so broad that they apply in all kinds of situations, not just uh, nations going to war. Well, that's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, let's keep going. What does keep going mean? We have to keep our self-awareness examination It's not something that we just say, okay, I'm going to keep going. It's sort of like, uh, you know, how you're, you're, uh, uh, when I mentioned that Bozu, meaning a a Buddhist monk, and he has a clean-shaven head. And, of course, this tradition of shaving the head started uh, to combat human vanity and uh, too much emphasis on uh, you know, looks, attract physical attractiveness. Um, and that's a good example of, of why you have to keep going because hair grows back. Uh, 
Okay. So it's not that, yeah, I understand my own fear and anger and ignorance and once and for all, and that's it, you, you know. Uh, or sometimes washing dishes is a good example. You wash the dishes and they're, all your dishes in your house are clean, put away, but then you're going to use them again, okay. Yeah, that sounds like maybe a silly example, okay. Um, but it's too purpose-driven where you you concentrate on the end result, whether it's a shaven head or all your dishes are nicely clean and put away. Ah, you know. But what about the dynamic process, the flow of reality? That is reality. Huh? Um, we have to we have to really become aware of that and not put it into a concept, abstract concept of, oh, I, I finished, I achieved it. That's what keep going means. So, so you have a beautiful day. Thank you.